Hey guys, Tin Man here. Welcome to another 10 Biscuit Reviews podcast. Don't forget to check the description for useful links or reach out on Twitter at 10 R or email 10 Reviews at gmail.com. Thank you. It means a lot to all of us. Without further ado, let's go on with the show. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Uh, good. How are you? I'm all right. Good. I am uh, changing the picture on my overlay, and I will be ready in one minute. All right. Probably. Less than a minute. There you go. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. You ready to talk about some uh, subliminal messaging? I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) I am ready. Um, So... We initially had the idea to talk about subliminal messaging and because we thought it was going to be like this huge topic, or at least I did. I thought it was going to be a huge topic and I'm going to find out it's kind of like not. It's not really a thing anymore. It's not really a topic, (laughs) period. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So basically, for anyone who doesn't know, subliminal messages is, um, they'll have like an ad, they'll have... So they'll have like an ad, we'll say, as an example. And within said ad, they'll flash uh, pictures of something or words or something very briefly, like milliseconds to, and it's supposed to, your subconscious is supposed to pick up on it and you're supposed to want to go out and buy said object. Yeah, um, so so it can be, it can be sounds, yeah. uh pictures text um uh, pretty much anything and i guess in the context of our conversation we were specifically looking at advertising as the focus so like tin man said the goal was to get you to buy something um but i mean i think subliminal messaging overall as a concept kind of has has been around and applied to um, a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. One of the examples that I came up, up on was, uh, and I think probably everyone's heard this, but demonic messages in songs, like <laughs> when yeah, you play them backwards, backwards. Yeah. like that would be an example of subliminal messaging, trying to get someone to do something, I guess, in that right. case. Right. Um, but it, it kind of applies to a wide range of different concepts, but, um, in advertising, it's particularly interesting and um, not kind of uh, not evil. What is what I'm trying to think of? Um, it's just I, that it seems. I completely forgot what word. It I seems use, less than <laughs> kosher. It's a little um, shady. Yeah, a, a little, little shady, shady <laughs> but not actually. It's not illegal. Like, that's the weird thing that I found was that it's not illegal to, like, it's illegal in, I think, the UK and Australia, or maybe France and Australia. I know Australia, but the other one I'm, I'm blanking on. But it's I not it was illegal, illegal here. It's not illegal it here. Not? It's Did just that like, it's just like frowned upon. Like, like huh. it's kind of, maybe you shouldn't do it, but we can't say that you can't do it. However, it doesn't really work by the yeah. studies studies that we <laughs> we've they've done on on subliminal messaging 
it doesn't really work. Um, well, do do we want to go into sort of the history of where it started uh, in in recent history? I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we we should. Yes, I mean, because it it kind of plays into the like. The idea, yeah. It makes it it makes it even better knowing that it doesn't really work when you know where it came from, I guess. So, um, I think it's what nineteen fifty seven. Um, a marketer yeah. for what was he a movie theater? Yeah, movie theater. Yeah. I think he was just like a market researcher, but he was trying to increase, um, like movie theater sales. Uh, yeah, and so like popcorn and soda or something like in that. In, like, Coke products, essentially. Mm-hmm. But he he essentially faked this study saying that flashing text, uh, subliminal text during a movie, like, increased sales of popcorn and Coke by a really significant amount. Yeah, it was, like, and... 18% for popcorn and, like, 58% for Coke. Yeah, and what was crazy about that is it became, it like blew up, right? Like the idea of being able to get people to buy things by, you know, flashing some text up on the screen for whatever millisecond, half a Mm -hmm. millisecond or something crazy like that would get get people to buy stuff. And so it's like, it's kind of a scary concept, right? I mean, understandably... Because with that, if it actually worked like that, you can see people abusing that. I mean, you could argue that doing it to get people to buy stuff is already abusing that. But, uh, you know, it could be much worse. And so it created all this hubbub. Yeah. However, uh, years later, the guy comes out and he says, you know what? I never did a study. In fact, I never did anything. I just lied. I lied about it all. And so the the results, quote unquote, results of his study on subliminal messaging were completely fabricated. The entire thing was completely fabricated. And we've done more research later that shows that they don't they don't really work jack they don't work at all. Well, I wanna point out that this guy only admitted that after there were like countries banning subliminal right. messaging and like yeah, so, it was it was getting crazy and so he came out and said hey guys uh actually this is fake because there, there was liar. no yeah there was no concrete evidence there was no scientific evidence uh to back to back up any of those claims essentially right now yeah. there have been findings that subliminal messaging does work if you're already inclined to buy it. So, for example, if they were to throw up Thirsty on a screen in something that you're watching, and you're already thirsty, you are more likely to go buy something to drink. But only if you are already, like, wanting to do it. Yeah, so I, I think that, you know, all the all this work went into studying subliminal messaging and saying, okay, can we quantify this? Can we replicate 
you know, the market market res or the the test that this guy did. Um, and and there really was no conclusive evidence of right. it. But like Tin Man stated, it, it it can work. It's for a very short duration. It only it only worked to my knowledge, like in a lab sort of setting. Yeah, and wasn't so, it like yeah, wasn't it like ten minutes? Like within ten minutes of seeing the subliminal message, like that was the time frame that we're working yeah. with. So it's but not, the, yeah. It's not like you can see a, a, a message like, "Oh, I'm thirsty," and then like, "Oh, three weeks later, you're like, oh, you know what? I should buy this Powerade." No, that's yeah, not. So it, that's not how the it effects aren't long lasting, and it was like Tin Man said, you already have to be inclined to take an action, right? So in mm-hmm. this case, if you're thirsty and you see an ad for a drink, you know you have you have to have that inclination already. But you also have to be aware of the brand that they're they're advertising. Right. But I think you're supposed to know about it, but not know like too much about it. It was like really the study that they did was really very specific. And it's, I think yeah. ultimately the the <laughs> the conclusion was it's really not practical for any sort of advertising purposes it just doesn't no. work no it's it's not worth the time and effort that it would take to yeah. create a subliminal message to put in an ad to broadcast to millions of people and hope that they buy your product in the next 10 minutes it's just not it, it's just yeah. not so it was really it was really surprising to me to find that out i guess i mean i don't like look up stuff about subliminal messaging that often i think it i thought it was just sort of like a known thing that actually i don't know i don't know what i thought i don't know if i actually believe that subliminal messaging worked or not i I don't think it's even something that i really thought about did you have any like preconceived thoughts about subliminal messaging when we like before we started um you know i thought that it was something that happened um, on the regular and that really? people just kind of thought like knew about it, you know, um, huh. like they knew that it was going on. And I just, I honestly thought that it was just like, maybe you're susceptible to it and maybe you're not, you know? Um, so you just thought it was like embedded in like modern advertising pretty yeah. much like everywhere. Yeah, I did. I, I really did. Um, because I mean, you think about it with, advertising as a whole and we're exposed to like i think the statistics is like four thousand ads a day or something like that um and not only that but in the tv shows and everything like that that we watch there's like product placement and tv shows you know sports games Mm -hmm. video games everything has product placement that is like designed to get you to go out and purchase it. So my thought process was if it's in our face, there's definitely something going on under the surface that we don't know about um, or that we, we know about, but we don't know the full details of whatever is going on. Um, So it was definitely surprising for me to realize, to see that this doesn't really work and no one really does it. 
Yeah, well, what, so what's interesting to me about what you said is that that almost leads us into, I guess, the the second part of this. Because when you talk about, like, the number of ads that you see every day mm-hmm. and just, like, how much product placement there is and all these other things, even though we now know that there really isn't subliminal messaging in in the sense that we were talking about, Mm -hmm. I guess where there are like hidden messages essentially that you don't consciously see, but your subconscious, (laughs) somehow your subconscious was supposed to pick up on them. Um, So even though those sorts of messages aren't embedded in in what we see every day, um, there is this interesting topic called neuromarketing neuro neuromarketing yeah i think it's like neuro now so, I, I do want like to say short for neuro neuroscience right <laughs> yeah um, I, do, um, I do want to say real quick if you think that subliminal messaging is like a creepy thought like a creepy thing to think about that they're just like flashing like brainwashing us kind of uh with little tiny messages in our advertising this takes the cake on what I think is creepy as far as advertising goes. Um, oh yeah, it's almost it is almost worse, but it isn't. I don't know. I guess I haven't seen like the backlash on it that happened from like subliminal messages, and I don't know. I guess we can kind of go into it a little bit in a second, but. I it's almost like when subliminal messaging came out it started happening it was like almost seen as a brainwashing mm-hmm. so like something that that is um you know going against the the will of of an individual or something right whereas neuromarketing is learning how the brain works and reacts to stimuli Mm -hmm. in order to get someone to lean one way or the other on in this case a purchase um, buying a product so it's like using our own brains against us (laughs) instead of like trying to insert a foreign idea if that makes sense yeah so it's it's kind of weird it's very weird. And when you read about it, like when you look into neuromarketing, it's like all the different, I guess all the different processes they use to determine how, like you said, how the brain works in regards to advertising. It's very, what's the best way to put it? It's very like, It, it encompasses a wide section, but like all focused towards the same, the same thing. So like they'll do like um, EEGs of your brain or, you know, they'll use like eye tracking and stuff like that. And so it's, it's like you said, it's all about how the brain works and what the brain is like drawn to, I guess is the best way to put it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's the decision-making process 
of a consumer on like the neuro level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's really very strange. It's very strange and when when we decided on doing that after we realized that subliminal marketing and subliminal messaging wasn't like a real hot button issue as much as I thought it was going to be, I thought we would have loads to talk about. But then I started to dive into this neuromarketing and it's like it's like the new hot thing. The new hot <laughs> thing for advertisers. And yeah. that's kind of um so it's kind of like paving the way, I guess, in in regards to the future of advertising. Um so I don't know, maybe this is like yeah. our generation's subliminal messaging. <laughs> maybe. I mean I think that it, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, when you research it and, and figuring out what they're actually measuring and how they're, you know, marketing to us based on that feedback. Mm. I mean, I think that the biggest criticism is that, you know, it's really an invasion of privacy almost. Like, yeah, I, I think so. I would consider it an invasion of, invasion of privacy. Yeah. I mean, you know, especially with the eye tracking, um, that is... So you, you hear eye tracking and, you know, like it's used in a lot of things, you know, like even like video games use it to a certain extent. Um, but in regards to like advertising and and things like if you if you're shown an ad what they'll do is they'll they'll track your eye movement across the ad and they'll generate like a heat map of where i mean obviously it's not just one person that they're doing this for but it's like a group um and they'll generate a heat map based on where people's eyes fixate on most and so yeah. you know for any number of ads um it, it really it like like you know biscuit said it's like um it's like creating it's like invading our privacy of what we're enticed by i guess almost yeah um, i don't know <laughs> and it's it's i i want to go through some examples of neuromarketing i have like a top 10 okay. list that we can look at let's do it um but it's it's interesting to me because I'm in the marketing field, I guess. So you're the bad <laughs> guy. I I am. I am. And it it's there are some things that I do on a daily basis where I'm just like, how did we get this information? Like <laughs> Yeah. How are we using this? And like, who are we sending this to? And it's, I mean, we're obviously not as, I, I think that generally like it's a lot of big companies, like big brand name companies who have the money to pay for these sorts of studies mm -hmm. and like leverage this information that, you know, they're the ones who tend to use this the most, but it's just like I, I see things in my daily work life that, you know, are a little bit concerning. <laughs> that makes sense. 
if we have some time at the end of the stream, um, I also like to talk about kind of the, uh, the mindset of marketers today and, okay. and how, you know, obviously I think the general perception is that, you know, marketing today is like an invasion of privacy. It's too personal. Like there are all these big companies using algorithms and stuff to like know what you're searching and what you're looking for and all this stuff. Um, but it's, it's interesting to talk about the marketer's perspective <laughs> on why all of that is a good idea. Okay. But we can we can go into that a little bit later. Okay. But I do want to go through this list. I'll I'll put the list here uh, in chat. Okay. So you guys, Tim, yes. you can look at it too. I'm but it too. um, but it's got a lot of. So it's got first one is eye tracking marketing, which you already talked about. Right. And yeah, I think the best example of this is like heat mapping. So mm. some of you, maybe some of you, like there are tools online that can you know, give you heat mapping of like websites and stuff. So like in that example, it would be, you know, where do people scroll? Like, where do they click? And, you know, what do they interact with? Um, and so I think that's kind of like a, an alternate version of like eye tracking, essentially it's mouse tracking, right? But it's kind of the same concept. But you, but when you know what people are looking at, you can, like focus on those items, make them bigger, make them more prominent, like just very interesting stuff. Uh, let's see what else. Packaging. What is this? Oh, this is like how people interact with packaging. So like, what do people like? Do they like zip? like zip sealers do they like easy peel tabs <laughs> like right. i don't know um all of, that just seems like normal market research to me though yeah you know i will say though that this um the, this number three anchoring anchoring tendencies when mm -hmm. they talk about the campbell soup display here uh for anyone that's actually lo looking at it with us um it says they set up campbell soup sale display offering 79 cents per can with a sign that said no limit, another with the words limit of 12 per person, the study found that without a limit, shoppers purchased an average of 3.3 cans, but with a set limit, they purchased seven cans. So that's really interesting to me that with a set limit, someone bought more soup. So that's like the the um, ex exclusivity like tendency right like where if something's exclusive mm -hmm. like people are more willing to pay money for it i guess and you you see that in like collectible markets and stuff like that i mean their their entire um like you know econ like small economies built on i don't know like the the worth of a like a magic card or something you know like right. Where if it's an exclusive card, you know, it's going to be higher price or you're, you're going to be more willing to pay for it because, you know, it's one of a few instead of one of many. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I think, you know, so here's another one about game developers. Number nine, reward and punishment. 
Really leverage the power of neuromarketing marketing and create something that's going to compel gamers, creators, or even hiring psychologists to build in psychological principles into their games. Hmm. Which it makes sense because, like, I don't know if you've played uh, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, but that game is all about, like, someone who's, like, going, like, suffering from schizophrenia. And so they, like, built it into the game that your character is, like, going psychotic. Um, yeah. And so it it does make it more compelling, you know, if you have, if you can kind of put yourself in the shoes, so to speak. Um, and so that, at least in my opinion, that makes it more compelling. So like that mm -hmm. would really sell to me, but to mm -hmm. other people that might not sell to, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, and there's stuff like... Number five, like limited time offer, one of a kind. Mm -hmm. I think that that kind of also ties back to the exclusivity. Like you don't want to miss out on this offer. Like you want to be one of the people who got this thing. Yes. And that's something that like you, we all see on a daily basis. Like it's everywhere in advertising, mm -hmm. like limited time you know one of a kind and it's just it's just like for me it's just something i don't even think about that that's so inundated in marketing today that you don't consciously think about it <laughs> yeah i i agree i mean you don't really think about anything regard you okay so you see an ad on tv let's say you see an ad on tv and you you're watching you're watching the ad or whatever the commercial and you don't really think about it but like i said you know that's four there's like four thousand ads a day going into your brain and so like you don't really think about it until you start looking into the analytics of it and i don't know it could just be me being a skeptic person more of a conspiracy nut but like it almost feels like it can read my brain sometimes <laughs> because I'm yeah. not like some of the ads feel like they're like made for me. And mm -hmm. that is less neuromarketing and it could just be like, it's just advertising. Um, but well, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I, sorry. I was just going to say, I think that I, think that's like a branch of neuromarketing right where all of this data is collected on you and so you know where we we're talking more about physical marketing like you know ads we see um you know in stores or on the street in the mall or you know packaging in the store like what you're talking about is more of the whole like marketing algorithm thing mm -hmm. but i think it most definitely relies on those same neuromarketing techniques and data mm -hmm. but it also is looking at like you're giving your computer data like every time you type something in right, right. every time you go to a site every time you look at something so like even though you may not be looking you know typing you know cool shoes into google like depending on 
pictures you like on Instagram or like things Mm. like that. Like, I don't know, those, those big sites and and how they market to you are pretty savvy um, with that kind of stuff. So it is like reading, it's not reading your mind, but it feels like it for sure. Yeah. And like I said, it's like all creepy. It's all creepy to me that they're just collecting all this data and whether it's through eye tracking or your search results or just even just clicking on something on social media or whatever, mm-hmm. it, it's all being compiled into almost, almost like a, like a personal file. And, you know, going back to the eye tracking and stuff, if you look at that, the number one, yeah, number one with the uh, the picture of the baby and stuff, it it's really telling when you look at this <clears throat> this heat map and how much more information is being absorbed because of the direction the baby is facing, you know, and so like they can take this and then put it into use into future ads that. Mm-hmm could then let's say I clicked on this ad on social media. So then now they're being, it's it all, it all ties together. Like you said, mm-hmm. so I click on this ad on social media. I indulge in the information that the data gets collected, sent back to them. They give me another ad later on roughly the same idea and it all works together it's all a cohesive unit rather than this is an ad for this like this is just an ad and this is just an ad and they have nothing to do with each other it's all getting like combined does that make sense yeah yeah okay yeah okay um and speaking of the sorry this baby face ad since we were just talking about it Mm -hmm. what's interesting to me too is that so i'm a graphic designer that's what i do for a living but what's interesting about this is like there there are techniques and tools like as a graphic designer my goal is to make um is to convey information essentially right is to tell an effective message right and so like when you look at these ads like you always want the eye to like be able to follow things through the ad so the one on the right like with this data yeah it makes more sense like the baby is looking a certain way which is going to make you look a certain way so it creates this like loop through the ad right like Mm -hmm baby's face to text to diapers like goes around whereas like you know the first one the baby isn't looking at the baby's looking at you right so you're looking at the baby and so it's just like i guess you know we were talking about marketing and these you know um neuromarketing and and things that are happening today but you know in reality this this type of information is known and applied to other things too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's I don't know. It's just 
that's just an interesting tidbit something i noticed yeah and what you were saying earlier um in discord you said you mentioned in discord you said um putting higher priced items at like eye level so that Mm -hmm. you're more drawn to those items rather than the cheaper um alternatives Um, yeah and that goes back with the eye tracking you know it, it makes sense that you would put your high ticket items at eye level so that you're more likely to see them you don't want people searching all around for the big item you want you want it bam right there in your face and that's a really interesting technique i never really thought about it but it makes it makes sense um i don't know yeah i don't know it's um it's all like the whole the whole concept of just studying the human brain to sell stuff is like i don't know you know okay so do you think that neuromarketing or subliminal messaging is more of an invasion of your privacy if you had to pick one which one would you say is more invasive I mean, it it does feel like subliminal messaging is more invasive. Because you're being forced? Yeah. Rather than it just happening naturally? Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this. Let me me ask you this, all right? Okay. Since this is supposed to be a conspiracy theory, and we've just been talking about marketing for the past 45 minutes. (laughs) So... We both found the information that subliminal marketing doesn't work. Yeah. Doesn't work. No one does it. All right. What if they do do it? What if it does work? And they're just (laughs) telling us, no, it doesn't work. No, we don't do it. So that they don't get caught doing it. That's a good question. I'm just curious. (laughs) Like... That seems, like I said, that's just me being skeptical, probably. Yeah. But to me, that's what I would do if I were them. Like, no, we're just going to tell them, no, this doesn't work. We haven't done any studies because it all the studies that we've done have come up inconclusive. Sorry I mean, <laughs> it, uh... In terms of advertising, I don't know. I mean, well, let me ask you a bigger question. Well, I don't know. Maybe I should answer your first question first. I don't know. What if they are doing it? I mean, I guess either way, whether it's subliminal messaging or neuromarketing, I feel like there's always going to be people trying to sell us stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. So, like, I don't know whether we know about subliminal messaging or not, whether it works, maybe it's happening, maybe it does work. I don't know. I don't know. Could, would we know? Would we know if we're influenced by? I guess we wouldn't. That's the whole point, right? Well, here's the thing, <laughs> all right? Here, here's the thing. Our, okay, so they put these subliminal messages in ads already, right? 
usually that's when they would do now i'm assuming i doubt that they would put it in like the movie theater like during a movie because that would probably cost a lot of money anyways so let's just go with the theory that they're putting these subliminal messages within an ad for pepsi okay mm-hmm. if i'm thirsty that pepsi is going to look freaking delicious and i'm going to want that pepsi but it has nothing to do with the subliminal message underneath that says, hey, go buy Pepsi. It has everything to do with them making the Pepsi look as delicious as possible and me wanting to consume said Pepsi. Does that make sense? So I couldn't, you couldn't really tell if it was the subliminal messaging work working or if it was the ad itself working to get you to buy the product. Does that make sense? Yes. I think so. <laughs> All right. What was the question you had for me? <laughs> oh, my question was, let's let's expand the question. I mean, if we're if we're assuming that, you know, I guess if we're if we're asking the question, you know, is it possible that supplement supplemental messaging is still being used and actually does work? Mm-hmm. What about things outside of advertising? Like, is it being used? I mean, offhand, I can really only think about like, like evil sort of uses for it. Like, you, you could use it, it in it, politics, really. Yeah. Oh, politics. That's a good one. Yeah. Politics. Um, yeah. Really anything, honestly. Um, you know, any t- any anywhere you're trying to be quote unquote sold something, um, it would it would be if it okay if we're going with the idea that subliminal messaging works and is being used anytime you're being sold something, it would be, I think, a possibility that it would be used politics, um, you know a job like a new job that you're going to because <laughs> well think about it because when you go to when you go to a new job or for a new job they're they're like trying to sell you on the job you know what i mean like this is why you want to work for us this is why our company is so great blah blah blah, blah. so i don't know i have a hard time believing like to me subliminal messaging would be used like on like more of a grand scale like you have to have to me like a job interview seems kind of small but like yeah marketing or politics or i don't know government related stuff like that's where to me where subliminal messaging kind of seems to fit in i wouldn't be surprised honestly um it's it could be you could chalk up you know politics to just being a fantastic speaker you know a very eloquent speaker and that's what got someone to vote for someone but i mean that's not unheard of you know ted bundy was like a very eloquent speaker and he convinced a bunch of people that he was like innocent and he should be trusted but like on a on a political level, I wouldn't be surprised if that was something 
that well, they were doing. Yeah, well, that's diving into like a whole nother aspect of, again, maybe not exactly subliminal messaging, but going back to the neuromarketing, like, I think that's very similar. So I don't know, I think we kind of have this divide of subliminal messaging versus neural related activities. But when you talk about like all of the most like notorious dictators or public figures, there definitely is a psychology to how they spoke or how they acted in front of large crowds and how they were able to sway people. Right. So that's like body language and, and like vocal tone and stuff like that. But that's, that's all neurological, right? That's all how our brain reacts to that stimuli. Mm -hmm. So I think very much like it falls kind of in the same category. But I think that, I think that it is hard to, I don't know. It's just hard for me to believe in subliminal messaging even though we kind of like beg the question like what if but because there is there's so much like hard evidence to support like neurological I don't want to say like manipulation but it's kind of manipulation right yeah like we know that works and we know that it happens and and people do use it right it it is used in marketing it it you know people have used it to sway crowds politically mm-hmm. so i mean to me that as fun as it is to like think about these hidden messages like infiltrating your brain and making you do stuff <laughs> like now that we've talked about it it almost seems like more like it almost seems a little bit silly mm-hmm. compared to the actual like statistical evidence of these neurological studies yeah i don't know (laughs) i okay so do you think that you could use i mean i'm sure you could but can you think of a way that you could use neuro marketing on like a grand scale for like a political like for for politics well yeah well that would be like propaganda right yeah I suppose so, but you could also put subliminal messages within the pop- propaganda, and just double up. It all it all comes full circle. <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything comes full circle. Um, He's d- double up on that neuro neuroscience and subliminal messages. Yeah, just, in case. just really nail home the, the point. <laughs> um, Extra effective. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know it's it's a very interesting it's a very interesting thought that maybe our minds aren't exactly like our minds in regards to advertising isn't exactly our own um i don't know it's it's really weird it's really weird yeah i don't know so you wanted to talk about marketing as a whole did you still want to do that yeah, I just wanted to touch on like the counter argument. <laughs> Cuz like I said, I think that like the general consensus is that 
marketing is kind of shady, can be kind of manipulative. And obviously, as we've talked about, it is, right? The goal is to sell a product and the and companies will use data to make changes to get that to happen, to get you to buy their product, right? Mm-hmm. What's interesting to me is that I've been to a couple of marketing conferences and it's it's the story is complete completely reversed. So in like from the marketing point of view, obviously obviously yeah, you want to make money, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but their point of view is hey, you're a company you have this product, you have this great product, and you think people should know about it. If people buy your product, you know, their life could be enhanced in whatever way, right? Like, uh, if they're a runner and you're selling shoes, you know, their, you know, running performance could increase. Uh, Or, you know, if you're selling a kitchen appliance, like think about how easy dinner would be if you could save 20 minutes, like, (laughs) like that kind of stuff, you know? So it's all about like, you've got a product, how, how do people, how are people going to know about you? Right. If maybe I'm looking for a kitchen appliance that will save me 20 minutes on dinner every night, but I might not know what to search for, or I might not even know it exists. And so from the marketing perspective, it's like, all right, how do we get our product out there? How do we get people to see it? Because Mm -hmm. we want to help them. (laughs) We want to make their lives easier. So how do we let them know about this product instead of, you know, the reverse, which is, you know, I was looking for some shoes and now all I see on Facebook are like 50 different shoe ads. (laughs) Right. right? Cuz there are definitely people who who want to I don't know, you know, there are varying opinions on all of that, but to me it's just interesting to hear that marketing perspective cuz it's completely different than what the general opinion is on marketing. I right. Think. But I will say that there is like a limitation to that because look, I do I find it a little bit creepy when I search on Google, you know, I don't know, something. And then, you know, the next time I go on Facebook, it pops up like, oh, look, here's this thing that you were just searching for. You know what I mean? Yeah. I find it a little bit creepy, but it's helpful. Or Amazon, you know, Amazon does it a yeah. lot too. However, I mean, I, yeah. there was a story of this 16-year-old girl who searched, like, how to know if you're pregnant on Google, right? Mm-hmm. And then, yes. like, a week later... Target, Target sent her like, hey, we heard you were expecting. Here's all this baby stuff. Oh, no. And (laughs) they sent it to her house. Her dad found it. And he was like, he called him up and he was like really pissed. Like, hey, my daughter is 16. She's still a virgin, blah, 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 blah. You don't need to send this stuff to us. He was mad. And then she told him and she was like, hey, look, dad, here's the 411. And, but like, that's kind of, I, I feel like there's a fine line of like what you should take as far as information goes. Um, 
That's just my personal opinion, though. Well, there are rules and regulations, right? So, like, basically, you can't, like, for instance, Google. Google won't reveal, like, Google will tell you how many people came to your website and where they came from and how many minutes they spent on a certain page or whatever. Mm -hmm. But Google's not going to tell you, like, the IP addresses of all of those people, right? Right. So, like, basically the rule is any any personal information that would identify you as an individual, mm -hmm. you are not allowed to have access to. Like, they won't give that to you. They could get in a lot of trouble. So, like, that's kind of interesting that Target... Like, how did Target get that girl's address? That's it's I just don't a know. very strange story. I don't know. It's a very weird. <laughs> if I find, I'll try and find it after the show, and I'll send it to you because it's a very yeah, like would... weird. It, it's very weird. Um, but like, I, I get would be it. interested. In, I get in marketing analytics. You know, for the podcast, yeah. I'm constantly checking the analytics, seeing yeah. if we have, you know, new viewers and. Like I, I've shown you before, you know, like it even tells us like what country they're from or what state mm -hmm. they live in. You know what I mean? And, yeah. or it'll tell me like how, like what parts were they like most engaged with or mm -hmm. whatever, um, you know? So like I get wanting to see and analyze the data, the data and compile it into a, a big, thing but like i said i think there's like a fine line you know um like to me it's awesome to know that we have listeners in japan but yeah i don't want to like know exactly where they live in japan and send them stuff. <laughs> send them tin biscuit swag yeah non-existent <laughs> tin biscuit swag right i don't but, know it's yeah I, I think that you know marketing marketers are more interested in the population as a whole and not really like individuals right because right. their goal is to sell to as many people as possible so they're right. not like oh you know biscuit at this address is really interested in this item and like blah 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 like that's just not how it works they want even though like things seem tailored to like your specific tastes i mean realistically your tastes aren't going to be that much different than like millions of other people right right so like it's just that that data is applied to you in an individual sort of way or they, it makes it seem individual when it's really not like you're just part of the mass that they're trying to sell right. to you so exactly it's just our own yeah. uh superiority complex thinking that we're like the most important person and i mean really... i think it's it's definitely something to keep an eye on it's just be safe be informed Get a um, vpn but yeah <laughs> but don't you know it don't worry too much about it either that's kind of my philosophy yeah be informed I... Don't worry too much. Yeah, I I tend to agree with that. Like like you said, it seems like it's tailored to you, but really you're not like you're not special. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to like that's like a really blunt way to say it, but like you're not special. 
that they're going to we're going to run this ad for this one person at this exact time so you specifically right so get this one ad <laughs> I don't yeah know. yeah so other than that i have nothing else kind of kind of a bummer but also probably overall good that subliminal messaging isn't actually a thing <laughs> yeah but yeah. it did lead us into some interesting conversations about uh neuromarketing and advertising uh, as a whole ad yeah advertising so i don't know is uh i think this was a good a good conversation <laughs> i agree i agree i know we've been we've been talking about um advertising a few we've talked about it in a few episodes um, and mm -hmm. saying how we we're going to talk about it. And I'm glad we finally got to. Um, but yeah, other than that, I have nothing else. Yeah, so I guess one more thing. Clock sent a graph. Okay. So remind me what this is again. This is... Hold on, I'm scrolling back through the chat. Okay. Tell me what this is again, Clock. It's some sort of like decision-making chart. Oh, something that Activision is trying to patent for marketing microtransactions. Hmm. So interesting. Let's, let's let's take a look at this. Interesting. I will say while we're waiting on Biscuit to figure out what exactly she's looking at. Um, All right. <laughs> no, you're fine. It's fine. It gives me a time chance to talk about something. Uh Guys, if you have any ideas for future shows that you want to see talked about, uh, conspiracy theories that you want to hear talked about, um, make sure to hit us up. Discord, you either my Discord, Biscuits Discord, or the, the Trailblazers Community Discord. We're both a part of that. Um, on Twitter, at TimBiscuitR. Email TimBiscuitReviews at gmail.com or either of our Twitters, Instagrams, uh yeah, that's all I got. Did I miss anything? No, no, that's it. Me. So we're looking, sorry, we're, we're looking at this. So this is something that Activision wants to patent to try and promote microtransactions. So basically it's, hey, I have something shiny and you don't. Don't you want this thing? So when when two people are in a game, a person is mat one person who doesn't have an item is matched up with another person who does have a special item. So they play a game together. So the first person can see how cool this item is. And then then they wait to see if the the first person who is matched who doesn't have the item actually ends up buying the item. If they do buy the item, they're get they're placed in a game where they're more likely to win with that item it looks like and then if they don't purchase the item it says their player profile is updated to indicate a non-purchase so i don't know if that means like publicly like hey you don't have this cool item yet or if that's like a back-end thing so so let me let me shed some light uh not necessarily on this but activision as a whole so a while back um for black call of duty black ops 4 right they updated players in the lobbies to have a little symbol next to their name if they did not own the season pass okay oh. so they effectively 
shamed those people for not owning the season's pass. Um, so Activision is a really shit company. Sorry for the language, <laughs> but it's a really crap company. And not only that, but like the whole thing about like they'll be more likely to be placed or they're they're placed into a match where they're more likely to win with said item. That yeah. has been happening in game multiplayer games like for the longest time. Um if you if you go into a multiplayer game, like let's say Overwatch, for example, if you're a brand new purchaser of that game now and you go into your first game and you get absolutely creamed and in your second game you get absolutely creamed again they are more likely to match you up with people that are closer to your skill level more like recent purchasers of said game so that you have a better chance of winning because if you don't win you're less likely to play the game and so it helps them continue it like gain a game like a gamer base if you win it's really weird how it works but yeah that stuff's uh that stuff's really kind of shady in my opinion how games work yeah i mean that that does dive into like that neuromarketing kind Mm -hmm. of territory but it there seems to be a larger backlash in the gaming community and i don't know if it's like because it's more overt (laughs) Um, or if it's just like a different kind of platform and people are reacting differently to it. Um, But it is kind of an interesting tangent. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, in regards to gaming, uh, people are kind of upset because they've already purchased the game. Why do they need to pay more for something else for extra content that doesn't do anything? And so I think that's why there's a bigger backlash. Whereas if it's just an ad for diapers, you haven't bought the diapers yet. So why would <laughs> yeah, you be mad true. about it? <laughs> yeah. This is know. it's you're you're in the different part of the purchasing cycle, I guess. Right. Or post purchase cycle. Yeah. Right. Yep. Cool. Well thank you for sharing that clock. Yeah, um that's cool. Yeah. I mean cool. it's not cool, well, but it's interesting. Not, <laughs> it is interesting. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh Layton Man mentions. You guys have ideas for future conspiracy theories and or I don't know what big ideas or movies. We could go back to movies at some point. We need to do Godzilla. We could go back to movies. I don't know if I want to review. I did not like it. I know that's why we need to review it. (laughs) We could. We could maybe. Maybe. I I might be up for it. Other than that, I have nothing else. Yep, that's it. Well, thank you so much, Tin Man, for uh, being an amazing co-host. Thank you. And have a good night. You as well. Bye, guys. This has been another Tin Biscuit review with Hotter Biscuit, me, and Tin Man. Stream live on Twitch every other Tuesday. Make sure to check the description for useful links and feel free to leave a review. Thanks, everyone.